This is Reality Realty. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we bring you Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Real Estate Talk. And we, what do we do? We take on, we... We take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate in our county. Today, we have Catherine Gissing on with us again. She is the co-host. She is the co-host and producer of today's show. And uh, Catherine, thank you very much for joining us uh, on what is for surely a busy time. Well, it is pretty busy, Dale, but it's always fun to come in and visit with you. Well, thank you very much. So, Catherine, what do you have on the agenda for today? Well, today is a topic that some of your listeners may be familiar with and others may be unfamiliar with. So we're going to give them the overview of staging and just explain in general what staging is, explain what the benefits are to sellers, also to buyers and to realtors because it has a significant impact on the initial impression of a property by buyers. So we're going to explain a little bit about what staging is, why you might use it. Um, I'll give you some tips and tricks about staging. I do have a background in interior design and staging, so I can talk to that a little bit from personal experience. And then we're going to make it topical and talk about staging at Christmas time. Because for sellers that have properties that are listed over the holiday season, there is that dilemma about how do you find the right balance between staging your home for sale and also including room for some of those festive decorations that are part of your heritage and part of the festival season. So it might seem like that's in conflict, and we're going to give some guidelines about how to find the right balance to that. That sounds like an interesting, I know that's an interesting topic, because if if you've had experience before with staging, you'll realize it's money in your pocket as a seller. And, and really and truly, I know there's some people out there, Catherine, who are bah humbug about staging and <laughs> and they just they just don't know what it can do. So first things first we'll take a look at snapshot. And snapshot is a look at today's residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. Yes, you heard it right. In Northumberland County, you're not hearing the stats for Toronto. You're not hearing the stats for BC or for Canada-wide. You're hearing the stats for our community and our community alone. If you're also curious about these stats and you can't remember what we said on any particular show, you can always look me up, Dale Bryant, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google+. And at the end of every month, I publish the stats for the month in review. So, there have been 93 single-family residential sales over the past month, and these numbers are reflective of heading into the holiday season. We're left with an inventory of 216 residential listings for sale, and the average selling price of successful sales over the past 12 months has increased once again to approximately $342,000, and this number slowly crept up by another $1,000 over the past month. On average, people are receiving 98% of their asking price, and that number has remained steady for some time now. 
but they're receiving that 98% in a market time of 48 days. And that, that number has just been creeping down all year long. We are still in a seller's market with an absorption rate of 43%, and that's based on the past month's trend of sales and our inventory available. I research these numbers, uh, Northumberland County statistics, and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. And List Central is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this information to be actually area-specific, specific to the property type you're dealing with and the price band it's in. So talk to your local realtor to understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. And no one understands the Northumberland real estate market as well as a Northumberland realtor who is actually a member of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors. Today's mortgage rates... The five-year fixed is as low as 2.69%. Now, that's not the 2.24 we were reporting four weeks ago, but the rates are still low. If you look historically at the rates, uh, you should still be fairly pleased with a 2.69. A five-year variable is as low as 2.30%. And once again, four weeks ago, that was at 2.0. So it's up to 2.3. The, the rates have gone up in the last four, four weeks. And these uh, mortgage rates come to us from my better half and mortgage broker, Carol Ann Bryant, with the Broker Financial Group. And that is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market right here, right here in Northumberland County. And this is also just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me, co-hosts such as Catherine, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors of any real estate brokerage or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So, Catherine, why don't you get us started on our topic of staging today? Sure. Well, let's start with uh, a general definition, just for the listeners that may not be familiar with what staging is. Mm -hmm. And there's a variety of ways of describing it. And I'll say, first of all, it does come from the theatrical world. Originally, staging was a process of staging props and artifacts and people on the stage in order to convey the story. So that's where it comes from. And in a residential property, it's much the same. It's the very thoughtful and deliberate streamlining of things in a house and reconfiguring of things in a house in order to give it the very best first impression. Mm-hmm. You know what? And, and all the staging I've been involved in, I've never thought of it, about mm. the origins of it. But that's really neat because uh, that just makes total sense when you think about uh, getting a play or, or something ready and, and you're staging it to present whatever you're presenting 
you know, your product the best. That's right. And in a theater, of course, you're staging for the audience, but think about your buyers as the audience as well. Mm-hmm. And I go one step further and say, think about staging not as something that you do when the buyer is in the house. Back it up and think about staging as something that you might do before the listing actually goes live. Because we know from our stats, and you'll know from your stats in the real estate industry, Dale, that upwards of 90% of potential buyers look on the internet first. So they're looking at the listing, they're looking at the photos, and they're making a subconscious decision about are they going to invest their time to contact the agent and arrange a showing. And they're making that decision based upon what they see. So staging should ideally begin at the very beginning before the listing photos are actually taken because you're putting the house's best face forward at a point where the buyer is considering whether or not they're making their investment of time to actually come out and see it, which is the second step of engagement. Yeah, I, I- I, I completely agree with you there, Catherine, and, and really it's the only way you, you should be looking at staging. Uh, you know, when I think of staging, I think of it improving the overall look of the home. I think of it improving the the perceived space in a home. Staging is not going to make any walls grow out more, bump out more, but uh, there's certainly um, a, a one, a perceived space, and two, even an actual space, because staging may very well and and often does, meaning getting rid of some stuff mm-hmm. and minimalizing things. So, so you are gaining some square footage uh, without moving the walls out. But then there's also you can do it without gaining any square footage, just that perceived space and and and. Uh, not having wasted space. Well, you're right. And you're talking actually about the benefits of staging. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk a little bit about the. there's multiple benefits of staging. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly what I would call space optimization, which is what you're talking about, is one, which is the amount of square footage that any property have is fixed. So you're not going to fool anybody into thinking it's 28,000 if it's really 1,500. You're not going to do that. But One of the benefits of staging is respecting the amount of square footage that you have and letting it actually shine through, which means taking an objective look at the property and figuring out how much of what is in there really needs to be taken out so that the house can be seen, not the belongings and not the person that lives there, but the house, because you're not selling the personality of the owner, you're actually selling the property. And so what staging, one of the benefits of staging is if you bring in a professional, they actually look at it very analytically. And they start by figuring out who is the potential buyer for this property. And it may not be the same kind of buyer that currently resides in that house. Often not. Often not. Uh, A typical case, and and you can speak to this from your experience, Dale, too, but a typical experience might be an older couple that's decided that they want to relocate or downsize. And so their house reflects the things that they have cherished and that they have accumulated over decades. And some of those things might have been bought in the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s. They're now in a neighborhood that has transitioned to new families and new couples that are coming in. So the potential buyer for that property now is a different 
is a different target market than the couple that currently owns it. So a stager is going to come in and analytically look at that house and think it's going to be a younger couple, they may have children, they may be looking for different kinds of appliances or use of space, uh, different colors, different patterns. And that stager is going to make recommendations about how do we make the house reflect what the buyer is looking for as opposed to what the owner currently has done to the house. And you know what you you describe you describe very much where uh, my wife Carol Ann and I are in our life because we were in a two story four bedroom home and we've raised our children there we we still have one child that's uh, finishing up university so we're so close to being in a home well we're actually in a home that's too big for us right now and so it was. We had it, we had the house working for us. We had the house where maybe a chair, you know, we've, we've developed a favorite place to sit in the house because maybe, maybe I can see outside the front window from there so I can keep an eye on who's coming up the driveway and what's going on outside. At the same time, I can see uh, the television and, and, you know, and the colors and everything, maybe they were established, well, forget maybe, they were <laughs> established some time ago. And so a four-bedroom, two-story home, that's not attracting someone in their mid-50s. Uh, you're looking at a young family that's already needing four bedrooms or one that knows they're going to need that four-bedroom. So, yeah, very much you're describing exactly where I am and and exactly where so many people are. Sure. And so one of the benefits of bringing a stager in is, is that they will advise the realtor and the owner about who the ideal buyer might be. Now, the, the realtor already has an idea about this already because it's part of their mandate to advise the seller about you know, who are the particular buyers for this and what are their psychographic characteristics. So it's more than just the age and culture of that person. It's much deeper in terms of what are their attitudes, what are their values, what are the things that they hold dear. Those are psychographics. And so between the realtor and the stager, they'll have a pretty good sense about who the potential buyer is. And then they can make recommendations together about how do you optimize that house so that it looks like something that buyer sees themselves in. The reality is that the majority of people that come through a house cannot visualize its creative potential. And there are stats on this. There is all sorts of research on this. And the, and the figures are as high as 90% of people just cannot visualize the creative capacity of that house. They see what's in front of them. Seeing is believing. And so what staging can, doing, can do is they can reconfigure that house so that it looks like something that person can identify with, as opposed to something that reflects the current the current owner. And and that's I mean that also could be summed up in in your staging it to sell a lifestyle. Yes. And and so very often what I notice after a home is is staged properly, and and I say properly because anybody can come in and change things, but just like. Not all surgeons 
will do the same quality work. Not all realtors will do the same quality mm -hmm. work. Not all stagers will do the same quality work. So so I, I do know I've been in homes before that I know have been staged, and I walk through them. Not to say I have the staging eye, because if I did, I, I wouldn't hire a stager. I, I have a, an eye of appreciation, and I can tell when things are done just right on or not. But that creative part you talk about, Catherine, that's that's really easy to look at something after the fact and go, oh, yeah, that, sure, I know that would work, but come up with it when there's no clues. Well, when there's no clues to me, but someone experienced like yourself, there's clues, mm -hmm. and, and you'll pick up on these slight clues of what to do. And so, yeah, that lifestyle is... Uh, you're selling a lifestyle. You are selling a lifestyle. And in some cases, you're selling the lifestyle that the buyer is aspiring to. Mm -hmm. And so that's the aspirational buyer. So they may be someone that's looking for a certain quality of finishes, a certain quality of appliances as a reflection of where they see their place in the world. And, and that's part of a realtor's responsibility and a stager's responsibility is to figure out what are the things that – what are the things that the buyer is going to see that's going to pique their interest and help them envision themselves in the space? Because again, remember, 90% of buyers can't, can't visualize that creative potential. And so if you actually show them something that they identify with, you've connected with them at a very deep emotional level and they feel connected to that property. And Catherine, you mentioned deep emotional level. When you say that... You I, I see it all the time, someone coming into a home, and, and it takes them quite often no time flat to know this could very well be our home mm -hmm. or, or to know, no, you know, they're, they're just taking off their shoes and, and they're already sensing this is not our home. Mm -hmm. um, well, that deep emotional level goes, uh, can be applied to the seller as well, the person having their home staged, because... Like I said, maybe you got your favorite chair, and you know that chair works right there. Well, that's not showing your home off maybe as well as it could be because it's maybe closing off a room or it's it's just not doing any value-added uh, things for for the sale of a, a potential buyer coming in seeing it for the first time. So you might say to yourself, this stager doesn't have a clue. That's the absolute best place for that chair. And and you just really need to trust the stager because people are looking at this differently. Yes, maybe when somebody buys it, a chair will eventually get there mm -hmm. because maybe they'll discover that's a really good spot for that chair. But you have to look at it so totally different than when you were living in it. And, mm -hmm. it, was, and it was all set up for you. Well, the thing is, Owners settle into a sense of comfort with their home, and sometimes that comfort becomes complacent, which means that they're so comfortable in their environment, they no longer see it objectively. And so that's the benefit of bringing in an outside eye who has that the ability to see it creatively, and they can advise you on what are the high, what are the features of the house that need to be highlighted. And you might think that that's a... Um, 
such an easy thing to figure out. But again, it's about the complacency of living in a place and you, you, you get to the point where you no longer see it objectively. But this objective stager can come in and very quickly walk through and say, it's the bay window or it's the view out the back or it's this wide corridor, which is so unusual, or it's that feature wall. Mm-hmm. They're going to see it, not just for what it is, but what for what it can be if they actually add something to it or in some cases take away. And, and we'll talk about that. But adding, but uh, but one of the benefits is that objective eye. So a stager can come in and say, "That's the feature, and we're not optimizing it. And this is what we're going to do, so that when someone comes in, their first impression is, I just love that.'" And and that absolutely happens when staging is done well. Well, folks, we're going to take a break. You've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland, 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join Catherine and me after this break, and we'll continue to talk home staging and selling your house. Welcome back. This is Northumberland, 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Catherine Gissing. And Catherine is the owner and founder of Sage Relocation Services. And Catherine also has a background in interior design. So Catherine, where where did we leave off there? We were going to talk about how do you make more space out of a home. And and we led off this conversation by saying that you can't fool people into thinking that the house is actually larger than it is, but you can actually create a better view of the house by eliminating a lot of the content. And I will tell you that in terms of staging, one of the very first things that we do is take a look at what are the contents of the house and what can we remove. And in some cases, and I kid you not, in some cases we remove almost 50% of the contents. Yeah, and and I'm not shocked by that because I've been in those homes many times that I'm thinking we could remove a lot of stuff. You you folks own a lot of stuff in this house. I know it's big, but it sure doesn't feel big. Mm-hmm. And let me clarify, when I say we remove things, it doesn't mean we take them away. The thing is that when a house goes on the market you're in a bit of a holding pattern. A seller is in a bit of a holding pattern because they don't know how long it's going to be on the market. They don't know how long they're going to be in transition. The things that they have in the house are things that they love and they use. And so we are careful about not taking those things away from them because they may need access to those things. Those may be things that they need to find and use on a regular basis. And so we have a process of recording what their inventory is. So we go through the house and we take pictures of what they have we pack things away and we label those boxes so that on each box there's actually a sticker on the outside and it lists the inventory inside the box. And then inside the box, if they were to open that to take a look for where's that marble ashtray that Uncle Mitchell gave me, in that box it will have in a, a, a collection of, of wrapping, there will be that ashtray and on the top of that of that wrapping there will be a label on that little package that says Uncle Mitchell's ashtray. Mm -hmm. And we do that so that when those boxes are stored in a less conspicuous place, and that might be a basement, it might be an attic, it might be an outdoor shed, it might be rented storage if there's no other place in the Mm -hmm. house, then the owner of those things still has access to them and they still have a pretty good chance of finding them and they're going to be safe and sound and available to them. Yeah, and and quite often if you have a friend or family that you know they have a garage they don't use or they have a basement space they're not using, 
it's sometimes nice just to get it right out of there if you can get it completely out of the house. Uh, I want to back up a little bit to what we were talking about, Catherine, just before the break. And we were talking about not only staging being uh, beneficial for the pictures, because the the highest percentage of people who look at real estate found it online. That is That is the number one. Internet is king. It also improves the viewing. So when you're actually going through the home, you're seeing what you saw in the picture. It it creates more enthusiasm because your your house is looking at the top of its game. And the more enthusiasm you can create, the higher people are willing to offer you. And, and the higher the chances are you're going to get multiple people enjoying your home. And, and multiple offers for a seller is just a very good thing. But in saying all that, in saying all that, when I said it actually improves the viewing, I want to bring up something and, and have you speak to it, Catherine, because there's, there's the virtual staging. And what, can you, what, what do you think about virtual staging? Or maybe just may explain it to well, Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, let's start with what, what virtual staging is. And it's starting to be seen a bit in the industry. And, and you can speak to that, Dale, if you've had experience with that. But virtual staging means it's an alternate form of helping buyers envision the space. And so if you can imagine, think of a floor plan. A virtual staging might be a floor plan in 3D. So rather than just looking at a flat two-dimensional floor plan, it's a three-dimensional picture that shows you multiple configurations of furniture within that space. And again, remember, 90% of people can't envision what that space looks like. Mm-hmm. So a virtual, a virtual stage solution basically means that rather than just configuring the furniture and the accessories in the space, the realtor may decide to take another route. And maybe it's a complementary route. Maybe you configure all the physical things in the space, as well as show a number of different optional layouts by having prepared ahead of time, a couple of different layouts so that if a buyer comes in and they think, nah, I just, I, I just can't see it, we'd never use the fireplace, we'd never have a conversation grouping like that around the fireplace. You can say, well, I, I understand that. And there are a couple of alternate ways to use this space that might be more satisfactory. And then you as the realtor can pull out something that shows two or three other different conversational groupings around that fireplace. Maybe you've got a pool table in that room. If you know the buyer beforehand, you can customize a floor plan based upon what you think their expectations and needs are going to be. And so basically, a virtual stage simply means an alternate way of showing use of the space rather than actually configuring the furniture, the physical furniture itself. Yes, exactly. So you're you're creating this staging on a computer. You're inserting different components, features. Maybe you're inserting a fireplace or you're inserting different furniture. You can even be changing wall colors. The the I'm not a big fan of virtual staging, Catherine. I do I do see its benefit, especially if you're in if you're in a higher end home. And and it's a really maybe large floor plan, a versatile space that a number of different things can be done. I I really get that, and I see a lot of benefit to that, provided provided it is so clearly labeled mm-hmm. that this is 
this is an artist's interpretation of um, an optional way to stage this room. What I've seen before is uh, online is that pictures, the listing pictures, are they're very clever with this virtual staging now that they actually take photos. It's not a 3D rendering that's that looks like a, an architectural drawing. These are photographs, and they're placing photographs of beautiful furniture and and this and that. Now, the that that that's getting close to being deceptive, especially if you start adding changing wall colors, which you just shouldn't because that's misrepresenting the the property. If you're Adding in something like a fireplace in in that case, something uh, some sort of fixture that just doesn't belong. Even what's popular is is uh, adding in. So you're inside, you're looking out the family room where there's these sliding glass doors, and they're inserting some shrubbery outside, uh, landscaping that just sets off uh, and makes that sliding glass door really attractive you're thinking wow you just walk out into some sort of park-like setting and uh and it's not actually there and so i mean as a realtor you're you're in jeopardy of 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 being in trouble for misrepresenting uh you know and and the real estate police being rico they're very busy they they can't keep on top of anything, but yeah, I'm not the big fan of the virtual staging unless it's so obvious it's a supplementary option to what and and, and it's labeled as such. Well, and, and I agree, and I think that as a realtor, you have to be honest and transparent in all of your dealings, and stagers do as well. I mean, professional con conduct is expected to be excellent, and and so. If you are using virtual staging as an option, I think that you have to be absolutely clear about what it is and that it is an interpretation of the space. And and embellishment, if you, you embellish at, at your own risk, I think that it has to be a realistic representation of the space. And, and from my point of view, I think that it's dangerous if you start adding in things that don't exist, like things like plantings and greenery and things mm-hmm. like that, or landscaping. Things like that are, yes, they, they improve the, the, the initial impression of the space, but it's not realistic because it's a future wish that doesn't actually exist. So I think you have to be absolutely clear about it. But mm-hmm. I do believe, still, that it is a viable option. Y- yeah. It, and, I mean, this is just my opinion, right? And uh, and so I, I agree it's a viable option if it's if it's used correctly and, and there's no room for, um, for, for tricking, tricking the consumer. No, yeah. I think that, you know, in an ideal world, it would be used to help the consumer envision the space, mm-hmm. not to trick them, but help them envision it. And I would take it one step further. Um, I, I don't know whether or not this is part of practice in Northumberland County, but as a designer who's familiar with planning software, it's the sort of thing that I use with my clients. And rather than just giving them a static floor, p- floor plan, just a copy of a floor plan, we bring our computers to site. 
and we'll walk through a suite with um, with um, in, in my case we're dealing with people who are downsizing we'll walk through a suite and we'll have the computer open and we'll be working with them to to move the furniture around on that plan as we walk through the suite so mm-hmm. they can actually be part of that solution and I can envision how that could be that could play a pay- place with a serious buyer as well if they're down to those final strokes of making a decision and they really need to understand how am I going to optimize that space and they've got very specific furniture or very specific expectations about that room. If you can actually help them visualize it, then you're one step closer to them being able to to um, commit to the space. Well, how about the actual staging then, Catherine? What are what are some what are what are the steps or or some tips that can help people with staging? Well, let's start with the steps, first of all, because they're pretty basic. And to some degree, people can do some of these themselves, although I always advocate bringing in a professional who can give you an objective opinion. So the first stage is done with the realtor, which is figure out who is the buyer, because not everybody is the buyer. There's a specific buyer for that property, and that buyer is looking for certain things. So let's figure out, let's get inside the mind of that buyer. Who are they? What are their expectations? And what are they looking at competitively against this property? Because that'll tell you what your property needs to reflect. Then secondly, I'd take a real clear look at the property, and I'd start with figuring out how we're going to, how are we going to declutter it. And that's always part of it to mm-hmm. a greater or lesser degree, which means how many of these items do we need to pull out and be really critical about that? Because clearing out means how do we reveal the house? And part of that clearing out means certainly pulling out the things that are cluttering the space, open up more space, provide more uh, like wider traffic aisles. But it also means depersonalizing the space. Family photos, everyone has a lot of them. I'm not suggesting you take them all out. I would suggest you probably take out 90% of them because, again, you want people to see the home, not the person that occupies that space. So it's decluttering, it's depersonalizing, adding light. Adding light is one that uh, you might not think of, but it's it's a critical thing because uh, one of the first things that people notice about a space is how much light there is. Are there dark corners? Does it feel gloomy? Does it feel cold because it's facing north? You know, pull the blinds back so you let in as much natural light as possible. Take a real look at what's the wattage and the foot candles of light. How much how much wattage and how much actual illumination do you have in particular rooms? Change the bulbs. Easy thing Mm -hmm. to do. Increase the wattage. Easy thing to do. Figure out what the dark corners are. Put a floor lamp there. Um, Supplement the lighting if necessary. Again, because you can only make one first impression. And and wash the windows. Uh, That can make a huge difference. If they're they're coated in a film of dust and, and you clean those windows... That can let a ton more lighting in. Yeah, absolutely. An easy thing to do. Another thing to do is, uh, as part of the steps, is figure out what's the one focal point of each room. Every room has a focal point. You know, as standard as that room might be, maybe it's a 9 by 12 bedroom and there's nothing as a particular feature, it still has one wall that you see when you walk in. What's on that wall? What's going to appeal to that buyer? What's going to make them come in and think, oh, I feel comfortable in here, or oh, there's enough space, or oh, I could imagine myself in here. Figure out what's the feature of that room, and then that's everything in that room is built around it, because 
that because some, becomes something that influences the rest of the room. And then the final stage of um, staging would be take a real critical look at the state and the condition of the house. And this has to do with renovations. Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting that every house needs renovations, but I am suggesting that every house needs to um, – every – Seller needs to take a critical look at what is the state of the finishes, the caulking, the seals on the doors and the windows. Those are things that buyers are going to look at and that may not be the first thing they notice because you're looking for that aha or that wow factor first. But once you've got them and they've got that that connection to the house, the next thing is they're going to take a deeper look at the details of the house. And those need to meet their, their level of expectations. And, and that, yeah, that's an interesting thing. And, and what I do in, in my business plan for selling a home is I, I absolutely I bring in a stager to help stage every home. And, and I also bring in a home inspector to pre-inspect every listing I have. And and the home inspector will look at exactly those items, like where's caulking missing or or what's functioning and not functioning and, and, and things that are broken down. And that gives the uh, seller a good chance to look at a home inspection report of their home before they ever are dealing with an offer. And that gives them a chance to make repairs on some of these items and some of these items are unseen but some of these items like like caulking uh, and and some of these items just may be the functioning of a window to be able to open and close a window because maybe it hasn't been open and closed much and and it is a bit stuck or or there's so much grit in in the tracks that they need to be cleaned and so yeah in my approach I, I sort of separate that that staging uh, section uh, to the home inspection but uh, but a very critical very critical part and interesting enough Catherine the functioning of your home the things that really really matter most that the home inspector identifies I don't believe bring in the same return as what what I would ideally think a stager does and that is the the look of the house. I mean, we are still influenced more, I believe, by what we see the look than than the actual mechanics and functionality of the home. Well, we are, but I'll tell you where they work together, Dale, is that a stager's job is to hook the emotions of the buyer so that when the buyer comes in, they think, yes, I see myself living in this house and yes, it meets my aspirations and yes, I feel connected to this house. If that's the if that's the response of the buyer, then the staging has done its job. Mm-hmm. The next thing that happens though, and you will know this to be true, is then the buyer looks a little deeper and they start looking at those details. And if those functional details don't meet their expectations, it can undermine that first first that first impression that's already got them committed to the house so they start questioning mm, maybe i'm not so sure i see things that don't look exactly like they're functioning all that well i wonder that what that means about the furnace i wonder what that means about the appliances it, it starts giving them reasons to doubt that first impression that you worked so hard to correct and it also gives them reasons to start thinking about lowballing the offer there is, there is what my experience is. There is a direction that way, but the staging, well done staging, can hook a buyer so solidly 
that they can even notice these things. They can say these things, but and they may they might be pretending they're pretty cool about the whole deal. But if that staging is done well and that house shows well, they're they want the house, and and they're they're. They know that well, okay, we'll take care of that, or we'll take care of that. But but definitely can influence can influence uh, an offer, provided we don't have a year like we had last year, two thousand sixteen, where everything not everything, but such a high percentage of offers were multiple offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other thing that comes into play too is when you've got a buyer looking at a property and they've identified that it needs a variety of things. So they've got down to the details and they see the grout needs replacing. They need to upgrade the appliances. They need to change the carpet because the carpet smells. That's a common one. When they start seeing those things, not only do they start thinking what's the cost of replacing those things, and they start thinking about how they're going to how that's going to be incorporated into their offer. They might also be thinking about whether or not that those are those are repairs or upgrades that they want to take on. Some buyers, and there are some stats on this as well, that indicate that the majority of buyers prefer to walk into a house that, for the most part, is move-in ready. Oh yes, turnkey. Turnkey. We want turnkey. So if they walk in and start thinking, okay, I've got to change the carpet, or we've got an allergy problem, so we need we need hardwood here. We've got to get rid of whatever the existing carpet is, and they start thinking about changing the windows. It's not turnkey. It's far from that, and and that can be a reason for them to avoid the property. Mm-hmm. Well, Catherine, we're already into break time. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we'll continue to talk about the benefits of staging for selling your real estate. And we're also going to bring into the mix staging during the holiday season. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is your Real Estate Forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Catherine Gissing. And Catherine is owner and founder of Sage Relocation Services. And Catherine also has a background in interior design. And today we're talking about a real estate industry practice that, when done correctly, will provide a seller with a large return on investment, and that is staging your home. And Catherine, so far we've just been talking about staging in general, but it is, what what day is it? Is it, it's December the 8th. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas time, it's holiday season. Why don't we talk a little bit about staging your home? So you're you're wanting to sell your home, you're about to list it, or maybe it's been for sale for a few weeks, and and now you're thinking about all those boxes of Christmas items to bring out. What are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I have some some tips and some recommendations for that. And, and first of all, I would say that um, when you are listing during the holiday season, it could almost seem like a conflict of interest because you have a house which is a product which is for sale. And all the staging guidelines that we've talked about so far still apply. You still want to clear the space out. You want to be able to create a focal point in the room. You want to be able to upgrade the finishes. All those things still apply. And now all of a sudden it's Christmas. And you've got a tree that's seven and a half feet high. And you've got tinsel. And you've got boxes. And you've got your ceramic reindeer collection. You've got all these things that you've gathered over the years. They're near and dear to your heart. Maybe you're hosting the event. 
you want to bring all these things out and you want to be part of the Christmas season. And so when you have your house on the market, those two things are seemingly in conflict. And I'm here today to tell you that they're not necessarily in conflict. It's a question of finding the balance between respecting that the fact respecting the fact that the house is on the market and it is a product for sale and respecting the fact that this is your home and you're allowed to enjoy it as part of the holiday season. So we're going to talk about how you find the balance between those things. And it's all about adopting the principles we've already talked about, which is downsizing and organization and creating focal points. These things still apply. And so I would start by thinking about, again, what does the buyer see when they come into the house? Do they see the house or do they see Santa's Wonderland? And which is likely to get you the result that you're looking for? And this comes down to the seller having a real honest conversation with themselves about what's my priority during the holiday season. If I've taken the time to list the house and I'm really serious about selling it, then Time is not working in your favor. Time is time is limited in terms of capitalizing on the buyers that do come through during that time frame. A buyer that comes in through the holiday season is a serious buyer. Mm-hmm. They have a million things they can do during that month. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much to do, and, and yet they're taking time aside to walk through homes that they hopefully will enjoy uh, and, and be interested in, but... Potentially, you know, you walk through a lot of homes that you're that are not going to be for you. True. So, so arguably, you could say that that um, a buyer that comes through a house that takes the time to come through a house in the month of December is potentially a more serious buyer. They're carving time out of their busy schedule to be there. And so as the seller, you need to respect that and capitalize on their time, which means when they walk into your house, yes, it should look like Christmas, but it shouldn't look like Santa's Santa's Wonderland. So I would suggest, again, streamlining the amount of decorations you have. Think about the potential buyer that's coming in what are their expectations? Are are they more uh, contemporary buyers, perhaps, than your mm-hmm. decor reflects? Are they the kind of people that want to see as much space as possible? So these are all things that, that you can achieve. And so rather than putting out everything, as perhaps you always do, and I am guilty of that as well, although this year I got better. Okay. <laughs> this year I got better, but everyone has a collection of things and those things are all meaningful. We have emotional attachment to those things, as beautiful as they are or not. Maybe they're ornaments that your child made in, in kindergarten. You want to put that in the tree. I'm going to suggest don't do it. Not this not this year. Not the year not you're selling. Not this year. And, and it's quite interesting because all the things we talked about earlier in the show about decluttering and put th- putting things away in the boxes – that's exactly what we it's like anti decluttering when we when it's Christmas time. Oh yeah. Because we're bringing the boxes upstairs and we're we're spreading all that stuff that was in boxes out and then you talk about depersonalizing. Well, what's more personal than that Christmas ornament from your child in kindergarten? Uh we're picking our Christmas decorations that the very uh personal choices and so we're doing anti-staging. We are. We're actually undermining the ability of selling the house. 
Mm-hmm. We're actually countering that because, again, remember, buyers do not have the ability to envision the creative ability, uh, the creative solutions for that space. And so, if you're cluttering it with a seven, eight, nine foot tall tree with a diameter of five or six feet, you've consumed maybe a quarter of the space in the typical living room. And usually in an ideal place, usually it's in the bay window or it's by the fireplace, buyer can't see that space. And they're no longer looking at that space, they're looking at the individual ornamentation in that space, and and it's distracting them. And so, yes, have a tree, have a smaller tree, a more modest tree this year, and put away 75% of your ornaments and think about a color theme. What's the color theme of that room? If it, and what are your buyers looking for? Again, if your buyers are contemporary, maybe it's a young couple that you're that you're targeting. Make the make the decoration on the tree something very contemporary and very spare, very minimalist. And so, you know, bring down the amount of decor and tinsel, and maybe it's all white and silver decorations. Just something really simple and minimalist, as as a contemporary couple might look to. Yeah, and if you think of all the red and green that goes on with a lot of Christmas decoration, if that decoration happens to fit in your color scheme, then you need more staging because that red and green just doesn't work. That's right. <laughs> so true it, enough. It, it better not be your original uh, color theme. Yeah, true enough. And so I'm not advocating that you don't celebrate Christmas. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm advocating that you celebrate the holidays with less not more. And, and less, not more is a philosophy from Mies van der Rohe, a very uh, well-recognized um, architect from the earlier part of the century. And his buildings reflected exactly that. Less means that you can appreciate the beauty of less. More means you give people more visual stimulation and you overwhelm them. So you don't want to do that. And so the ways you can introduce Christmas and stage your house means a smaller tree, less decorations, select pieces of decor in and around the house. So maybe you heat up some cider in the microwave before the buyers come. So you've got that aroma in the house. It's not invasive, Mm -hmm. but it's suggestive of the festivals. Maybe you have some natural boughs on the top of the fireplace because the, the mantle is actually a feature. You don't want to overwhelm the mantle, but it's it's consistent with the holidays, and it's a little bit of natural um, natural uh, aroma, and and again, it becomes it's highlighting a feature. So it's all about the feature of the house, and how do you highlight that? So those those are small ways of introducing the holidays, but not overwhelming the house. Yeah, and 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 it, and it is a tricky thing because a lot of a lot i've i've heard this from sellers before and they're it's it's close to christmas time and they'll say oh dale you should see how beautiful my home is when i get all the christmas decoration up and it's like oh do i have to be the bad man now <laughs> and 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 i believe i believe it's very beautiful to you and it is very meaningful but like you say catherine uh, Put it in the in the eyes and perspective of a future buyer. Sure, looking at the home, and, and also understand that first impressions don't start at the front door; they start outside in the driveway when people are approaching the house. So this is not the year for the blow up Santa on the front lawn. Yeah, just one year. Just one just year. Do your realtor a favor. <laughs> do your realtor a favor, and do yourself a favor, and just this year, keep it in that box, uh, neatly stacked. 
uh, in the basement or garage, uh, somewhere like that. Sure. And it's all about understanding what is your objective this year. The objective is to find the balance between your house being a property and your house being a place of celebration. And that balance is possible. So from the outside, it means perhaps put away those inflatables, perhaps put away the blow-up reindeer, certainly light the house on the outside, but maybe a string of beautiful white lights rather than flashing icicles, things that are distracting and and, and maybe undermine the real beauty of the house, especially during the daytime because they're not so beautiful during the daytime. Yeah, it's uh, something something that's, like you say, uh, less is more, uh, less is better, uh, and and think about uh, something more elegant uh, as opposed to animated that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, another thing you can do is people have presents, right? And and what's more exciting to kids than seeing an accumulation, an increasing accumulation of presents under the tree? I'm not suggesting you don't have them. I'm suggesting, again, less is more, have a few. The other ones, and hopefully there are lots of other ones, put away in in a Rubbermaid container, put away in a box, put away in a cupboard, and bring them out on Christmas Eve. And in some ways, it's delayed gratification, and the kids will go crazy, or the adults will go crazy when, they, when the big reveal happens on Christmas Eve, and you see the wealth of presents that turn up. But you don't need the presents there on a day-to-day basis when buyers are seeing the property. No. Well, once again, you already have that tree up, which is taking maybe a, a five-foot uh, uh, circle in your room, and then and then quite often the presents are spilling out beyond that, and that could that could cut some rooms in half. Sure, easily. And again, it's all about helping somebody envision the space and the amount of space they have. So a small trick. Think about your dining room. So a lot of people celebrate with great big formal meals and they invite all the family members in. So the dining room is often set beforehand, full tablecloth, play settings. I'm going to suggest do not do that. Resist the urge to do that until the day of. Take the tablecloth off. The tablecloth actually hides the legs. It adds mass to the room. Take the leaves out of the table. Shrink it down to the smallest uh, size possible. Take away the extra chairs. Put them in a closet for a period of time. You're trying to reveal the room, not create a dining environment. The dining environment belongs and is welcome on Christmas Day, but not while buyers are coming through. It gets in the way of helping them see the space. Well, Catherine, we've hit on Christmas. We, we talked about uh, the benefits of staging. And folks, it, it's something, it just from my, from my own experience, it's something you really need to experience because – over, I think it was over two years ago, I started to use a stager on every listing I did and uh, I made an arrangement with this uh, interior designer who staged, staged the homes for me. And I would drive to a home wondering, uh, oh, is this home in just too rough a shape to be bringing in an interior designer? Am I, am I throwing away my money having, having this designer come in? And the answer I found it over and over again is no, no, no. I'd go into homes to list and they were beautiful. I thought these homes belonged in a magazine. But once again, am I wasting my money bringing in an interior designer to stage a home that already looks staged to me? And the answer every single time has been no. So money well spent, once you see it as much as I've seen it in real life and what it does for for um, the seller and for return on investment, 100% worth it. Catherine, thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks for producing this show and getting this set up because it is a very important aspect of the real estate industry. 
if if people are now, do you do do you do the staging anymore? Or are you so consumed with the downsizing? Well, as Dale is familiar with, I have a, a company that focuses on relocation services. So we help people downsize and move. Within the context of that, there's been an increasing demand for staging, which was a surprise to me. For I am, the downsizers? No. I've, I've actually done a significant amount of work with realtors okay. uh, who recognize that, that staging, like you, Dale, they've mm-hmm. had experience, firsthand experience with it, and they understand the difference it makes to the turnover of the house and the value, mm-hmm. the perceived value of the house. And so we have actually been sought out by realtors looking for staging. So it's actually an increasing amount of the business that we provide. You're going to have to update your webpage. You're right. <laughs> and so, Catherine, how can people get in touch with you? Well, the easiest way is simply to call me because I I love to have a conversation with anyone that might be interested in knowing more about our business. And the direct line is 905-717-3624. Or for those that prefer, they can reach me by email, which is cgissing, which is C-G-I-S-S-I-N-G at sagerelocation.com. Well, thank you very much, Catherine. And folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or any other real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and leave a message for me. And also, don't forget to join me, Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join me next Thursday at 11 a.m. until 12 noon. For Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, Truly Local Radio. Until next week, folks.